All right. I am Jim, and this is Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast. And today I am doing something new and a little bit out of the ordinary. I'm recording by myself. So I'm going to give you, the listener, kind of like an inside scoop on what goes inside of my brain. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the most recent AAW show, The Art of War. AAW, the Chicagoland Independent Wrestling um, promotion. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, WWE and WrestleMania. So I myself have tickets to WrestleMania and NXT TakeOver this year in Orlando. So I'm going to start to kind of catalog um, my thoughts on how the show is shaping up, my adventures and preparations uh, in going to Orlando, and then things that I'd like to see at WrestleMania and get done. But uh, that'll be a little bit later on. So today's show, I'm going to talk to you first about AAW, and I kind of want to address the most recent podcast put up by Charlie and Chris. So Charlie is probably the lead uh, member of the team here at Two Heels and a Face. Um, He definitely is working hard to make sure that we're putting out new content, he's promoting he, he is pretty much the Triple H of the podcast. And then I, on the other hand, um, I kind of I just like to talk. And you could consider me a little bit, if, if two heels in a face was the gimmick, I am probably the heel of the promotion because I'm going to try to sneak away with doing uh, half the work but getting all the credit. <laughs> so... Um, the show's already going to be more entertaining than the previous one with Charlie and Chris because, sorry, Chris, any show with Charlie is unfortunately worse than any show without Charlie. <laughs> uh, I kid. Anyways, um, so let's just cut right into it. So over the weekend, um, on Friday, February the 17th, um, AW ran a promotion named The Art of War out of the Bourbon 115 um, venue. And they use this venue all the time. They split their time between 115 Bourbon Street and Marionette Park. They go to Berwyn Eagles Club. And now they've got a new um, deal. And they've been running shows out of LaSalle, Illinois. And I've never been to a LaSalle show, but... I think I've only missed one or two AEW shows since last April or May. My first show, if you listened to the podcast earlier um, with Charlie and Chris, was also the same time Charlie went to his first AEW show, um, Homecoming, where they had Mick Foley as a guest. So to kind of reference where things have gone, they had Mick Foley as a guest before he resumed his role in WWE. And ever since that day, I've been kind of hooked. And I kind of had the privilege of bringing three friends who aren't necessarily wrestling fans to an AEW show to kind of just experience the environment and have a good time. Unfortunately, though, we are, um, the three friends and I were celebrating an event. My friend uh, Kevin is getting engaged and he asked us to stand up and be groomsmen in his wedding that night. So the three of them wanted to stay only until like 10:20 or 10:30 
and then head on out and head towards downtown Chicago to meet up with our other buddies so he could ask them and kind of have a good time. So unfortunately, for the first time ever, I attended half of an AAW event. Um, the show unfortunately started a bit late, and if you're listening to this podcast as a kind of source to see if you're interested in going to an event, that's the first time that's ever happened. Usually, they start maybe even a little bit early. They'll have like a uh, dark match before technically the show actually starts, and then they get going. But they were trying a new ticket, um, a ticket process in which. The website that you purchase tickets off of changed, and people were redeeming their tickets and seats in a new way, and so it was kind of like pilot testing almost their new process, so I, I'm sure adjustments will be made and that this was probably a one, one-time circumstance, but... The show got started just a a bit late, but overall, the first half of the show, and I am an avid AAW fan, it was pretty good. It left up, you know, lives up to the hype 95% of the time, but kind of in accordance to what the guys were saying on the show a couple days ago when they reviewed The Art of War, the first half of the show was a little bit, a little bit less intense or I should say energetic or entertaining as some of the past performances and that's not to fault any of the wrestlers it's not to fault the promotion Um, they're just so they're just so used to putting out outstanding cards of the super indies where they're getting all these guys who are you know, world-renowned independent wrestlers to come wrestle, and so on the shows where they don't have these superstar-studded matches with these indie guys, um, they feel like they're missing something, and that's not truly the case. I'm going to go out and say that every match that was in the first half of the show was probably better than 90% of the other independent um, shows that are running matches because of the talent they pull in, but it just did seem feel, it seemed like it felt a bit more down and low key so just to give you the listener a little bit of you know a picture of how the night goes if you ever do attend a bourbon event is um they run the show in the back of the bar this bar is huge there's like four or five different bars within the bar and in the venue itself um it can probably hold about 500 to 600 something plus people And they do have a full bar in the back there, so you don't have to be traveling in order to get a drink. But the atmosphere is usually a little bit packed in, um, friendly. The crowd is always very live, is very loud, is very vocal. And it almost feels like a family atmosphere. You make friends with the same faces over and over again, and some new faces as well. So the atmosphere at these shows is wonderful. And so to kind of paint the picture, um, you sit down, you get a couple drinks, and you get ready for the show. And because they delayed it, the crowd was already a little bit agitated, maybe a little bit more so than normal. And uh, the show opened up with the tag match between uh, Chucky Taylor and um, Trent Beretta versus Fitchett and um, Davey Vega. And Davey Vega and Fitchett are some of my absolute favorite um, performers that are reoccurring at AAW. Um, They run a great gimmick between the two of them. They're both entertaining and they can both wrestle. So 
Um, I really enjoy the two of them. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta was the first time I've ever seen them tag. I'm do, I do really like Chuck Taylor. I'm kind of getting more accustomed to seeing Trent Beretta and he doesn't really, um, he doesn't really stand out, but he doesn't suck. And I think he is a overall pretty talented wrestler. I just haven't found that connection with him yet. Whereas Chucky e. T has a goofy way of connecting with the crowd because of his gimmick and his personality. So overall, that match was pretty good. Nothing too crazy. I didn't like to see um, Chuck Taylor and Tremperetta get the victory, but if you've been attending these shows, they've been teasing somewhat of a breakup between Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett, in which I really hope happens because the two of them would have a great feud. They've been telling a good story over the past couple of months. And overall, I think both of these guys are ready to kind of be pushed into a more solo direction and maybe feud over AEW's mid-card belt, the Heritage Championship. So the show opened with the with that tag match and then progressed on to um, DJZ, who was advertised but wasn't technically on the card. And then DJZ wrestled off the top of my head. I mean, I'm... Cutting to the cutting you this live as I'm just giving you feedback. I, I honestly am trying to remember who he wrestled, and to say that I don't remember could mean only one thing: that the staying power of this match didn't absolutely wow me. So I'll look up to see who DJZ wrestled. I enjoy Zima, um, but I remember the match being like moderate, and so then. The fact that I had friends there for the first time, I remember asking them their opinions, um, trying to gauge their excitement levels, and we were talking and kind of bullshitting about the events of my buddy getting engaged. So, um, overall, I think that match was obviously forgettable, if I can't even remember who DJZ wrestled. So, oh, it was Connor Braxton, and that's not a knock on Connor Braxton by any means, I really do enjoy Connor Braxton. His gimmick is good, and he um, he puts on a good show for the gimmicky aspect of he's a big guy who can can kind of go in the ring a little bit, but he is the heel, and he's always over-the-top dramatic, and he comes out with uh, Scarlett Bordeaux as his heater. And so, overall, I think it was the first time I've seen Connor wrestle without his tag partner, Eddie Machete. They made the story sound like Connor had ditched Eddie, and Connor's first showing, like on his own, was just okay. Maybe he would do better in a situation put up against somebody else, but overall, the match was meh, kind of forgettable. So then it moved on to Matt Riddle and Jason Kincaid, and I didn't really know much about Jason Kincaid. But Matt Riddle has earned a little bit of my respect recently. Not that my respect means anything to Matt Riddle, but. I like his gimmick, um, it fits him, it seems to fit his personality, he's transitioned really well from MMA to the wrestling scene, and he kind of resembles like the Zack Ryder-ish stoner boy, Zack Ryder in the bro aspect, stoner surfer in Matt Riddle aspect, and then um, kind of like a technical wizard in the MMA aspect, and Jason Kincaid came out, and the first thing that my friends who you know, aren't wrestling fans were like, oh, it's a skinny Wyatt, it's a skinny Bray Wyatt, and that's exactly kind of the vibe that Kincaid gave off was, 
you know, he's more of an outcasted guy. His gimmick is he's quiet, he's goofy, he's a little bit psychotic. You could tell from his presence and the way that he carried himself that he wasn't opposed to doing the bigger, more intense spots. And so Kincaid uh, throughout the match was kind of going on all cylinders to really impress the crowd and kind of say like here I am and I would like to come back and this is why you guys should keep uh, hiring me to be at these events and he was doing some really unique um, big time spots so I did enjoy the match I did enjoy Kincaid and I thought overall that um, they put on a pretty good show nothing nothing I would say was like oh my goodness that Riddle and Kincaid match really really wowed me but overall it was good and then following the Riddle and Kincaid match was Trevor Lee, who in an awkward way defended one half of his tag title against Matt Seidel. And now this is just one dude's opinion who happens to be obsessed with wrestling, but Trevor Lee versus Matt Seidel did absolutely nothing for me emotionally. I am a Trevor Lee mark. I think he's fantastic. I enjoy him. I think in the ring he's extremely talented. I have a connection with him as a fan. I think he's, they've done a good job booking him, and I really enjoy him. Matt Seidel, on the other hand, I, I don't really feel like I have a connection to him yet. Um, I really wasn't interested in him when he was Evan Bourne in the WWE. That's not to say that he is a bad worker or by any means a bad wrestler. I just personally have no connection to him. And the match seemed like they didn't really have any in-ring chemistry. There was really no story that was being told. It seemed really gimmicky, slow-paced. It was awkward. Overall, it was the worst Trevor Lee match that I'd seen at AEW, but that's not to say that it was bad. So normally, the first half of these shows build up into a match right before intermission that's outstanding. And so the match before intermission in this case was low-key versus Phantasma. And Phantasma is King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. So I was pretty hyped up because Christian, who's kind of like our Lucha expert, has um, a really big interest in Cuerno slash Phantasma. Um, told me about his style, told me how he wrestles, and... I like low-key in the sense that with low-key, his Hitman gimmick is awesome. You don't know what you're going to get. He's more rugged. He's still a high flyer, but it's low-key, and low-key's been, you know, he's been around the block. So you're getting a veteran guy versus um, an up-and-coming Lucha Underground star and who's been around the block in the Luchador scene. So... That match was really good. I don't think that I have anything negative to say. I'd like to see Phantasma back. I'd like to see Loki. Um, I wish I could give details and vivid imagery on awesome, on awesome moves or combinations of moves that were set in place. But it was more so of a classic, um, you know, back and forth battle between two great wrestlers. Um, got a couple This Is Awesome chants and really stole the show as far as the first half. So when you listen to this podcast, I don't want you to think that, man, Jim is, you know, is he even really a fan? He didn't really speak upon any of the moves that were being used. He didn't talk about in-ring technique. And that's probably the opposite. I am more so the the more in-ring nerd as far as the the... The people who 
present content on this podcast, I'm probably the more of the the guy who looks for the in-ring work over the way that they cut a promo. I'm the guy who looks for the in-ring story and not so much the out-of-the-ring story. But because I was distracted and I was hosting friends and I was excited for other reasons um, in my life, I feel like due to the mediocrity of the first half of the card and um, my lower interest because I was talking to my friends, I was a little bit less committed than I normally am. And that's not to say uh, that AEW put on a bad first half of their show. It's just kind of, you know, people are people and you have your good days and your bad days. And as far as I was concerned, I wasn't as interested as I normally am when I'm at these events. However, I will say this. Um, I've gone to probably 11 or more shows within the course of a little bit over a year. And I do think that... They are absolutely worth it. I've sat front row. I've sat second row. I've gotten general admission. The promotion is fantastic. They bring in awesome talent. They do have the capability of telling good stories. And overall, I think it is a really good time. So if you do decide uh, and you're from either the Indiana, Chicago land area, if you do decide to go to an AEW show, please... Um, you know, tag us on Twitter with hashtag AW and tweet to us so that Charlie and I or Christian, who are 90% of the time at these shows, um, we'd love to meet up with you and kind of talk to you about it and, you know, cheers you to a beer over your first AW show. So once again, if you want to come to a show and you're interested but maybe don't have anybody to go with, you know, don't be afraid to tag us at um, Two Heels and a Face on Twitter, and we'll get back to you, and most likely one of us will be there, and we could um, work something out to meet up. So I'm going to move on now from AAW to WWE, and as I'm recording this, I'm silently in the background watching Raw, and um, Kevin Owings is cutting what looks to be a promo about Chris Jericho. So I'll have to go back and rewatch. But the reason why I want to bring up WWE is because I am going to WrestleMania. So let the jealousy sleep, seep out of your veins and from your blood because I'm going with a, a good friend of mine, Ryan. I get to go to NXT TakeOver. We get to spend the extended weekend there. I'll be calling off work on Monday to fly home. I get to go to... WrestleMania and all access, so I want to kind of catalog my adventures as I get ready to have what should be one of my favorite wrestling experiences in my life. So I want to talk a little bit about Raw, a little bit about SmackDown, and then a little bit about the WrestleMania card. And then I'm going to ask some questions that maybe you guys, the listeners, could give me some feedback for or things that you think maybe I should do in my preparation for WrestleMania, or things that you want to see me from the show or Charlie from the show do um, throughout the road to WrestleMania as we get closer to the mecca of wrestling events. So Raw right now is running heavily on old-school veteran wrestlers, in their title picture, and with reports of Goldberg, uh, 
to be beating Kevin Owens at Fastlane, it really upsets me in the sense that Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, which is already a confirmed WrestleMania match, does by no means need a title to feel bigger than it already is. Yes, they've done it once, and people maybe are disinterested because of that, but to, act, but to give the belt to Bill Goldberg, who isn't really even a WWE guy and hasn't been around for forever, would seem like, ah, it doesn't make sense to me, and then have him lose it to Brock, and then build Brock back up? Um, like, what's the point? They're already viewed as these colossal giants. Let them be their colossal giants, and let Kevin Owens defend this title against Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. It would add more to the feud. It would be long-term story development. They've kind of fought over, you know, championships, so, um, you know, in the background of their friendship. It would just be a better overall gimmick for the match to be worth the title. So, I really... I mean, you can't control what Vince McMahon wants to do, but to, but to see Kevin Owens wrestle Chris Jericho at WrestleMania for neither the Universal title or perhaps not even the United States title would be stupid, in my opinion. So, um, other things going on on Raw right now. Um, I really do like the way that they're booking Braun Strowman. Um, they haven't booked a big man this well since when Big Show first came into WWE and they booked him as this gigantic force that to be reckoned with and he could take on anyone. And if you stop Strowman, then that's a big, big nod in your favor. It's, it's like what they've tried to do with Ryback in the past. And it's, it's like what they've tried to do with some of these bigger bigger guys that have failed but they're doing it right by Strowman this time around and and I like it so Strowman versus Roman at Fastlane seems to be a good way to set up Roman versus Undertaker at WrestleMania which surprisingly after I got over the fact that Roman is probably going to beat Undertaker at WrestleMania and I got the anger out of me I kind of am excited for that match in a weird way. Like it's stupid that Roman gets to be the guy that beats the Undertaker because of all the issues with Roman Reigns, but at the end of the day, I think it could be worse. So so Raw is looking to put Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho on the WrestleMania card, Roman Reigns versus the Undertaker on the WrestleMania card. And that leaves us with the Raw Tag Team Championships. That leaves us with the United States title, which I think Jericho will lose before WrestleMania. And that leaves us with um, the Raw Women's title. And you can kind of say the Cruiserweight. And I, I, I'd i like to predict that the Women's title would be Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte. But with the way that they book, the way that they book the back and forth booking between the women... I can't speak on that. I, that's the match I'd like to see happen. I would mark out because I'd be there in person, and I love the three of those girls. Um, and I personally love Sasha Banks. So, Sasha, you can DM me at Two Heels in a Face, and we can start to talk, and you can divorce your husband and, you know, hang out with me in Chicago. And, yeah, make it happen, girl. Um, so, yeah, that's the match I want to see at WrestleMania between the girls. However, um, with the tag titles, I feel like there's no direction. 
the club has been mismanaged. They seem to be weak, and now that they finally have the titles, it's like I don't care about any of the Raw tag teams that could take it back from them. The New Day has ran its course. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro uh, don't really do anything for me. I love them as individuals. I think Sheamus is a great wrestler. Cesaro is exceptional. But as a tag team, I could care less if they win or lose. Um, Enzo and Cass are who will most likely go up against Anderson and Gallows for the belts at WrestleMania, making a great moment when they win. But at the same time, it's to the point to where like they, uh, I love them and don't get me wrong, they're they're fantastic. But I could, I almost don't feel like that's the most awesome thing we could get. I guess I'm just anxiously waiting for the revival to get called up because I really like what the revival does. So hopefully, I think good story writing would be if Enzo and Cass take it off Anderson and Gallows at WrestleMania, the revival get called up the Monday after and make a statement. It would be best for business, I think. The Raw tag team division's way weaker than SmackDown's tag team division, so we'll see where it goes from there. And then the Cruiserweight title, I think Neville will defeat Jack Gallagher, Jack Gallagher, and I think they'll build Gallagher as kind of the underdog all the way up until WrestleMania, in which he will win the belt, um, which would be awesome, because that's giving new talent a, a big push against an established veteran. Um, it's funny to say veteran in the Cruiserweight division, because those guys are also new compared to Neville. Um, but it would be great to watch that happen. So, from Raw's end, uh, WrestleMania seems to be pretty decent. I'm sure there'll be more matches. Like, um, I wonder if Jericho will drop the United States title to someone prior to WrestleMania. I could see that person being Sami Zayn, since they have a little bit of a semi-feud. And, um... Sammy versus maybe somebody, uh, I probably could think of someone, but you guys, why don't you guys tell me, if if Jericho was to drop the United States title, who would you want it to be to? And then who would you want the WrestleMania match for the United States title to be against at WrestleMania this year in Orlando? And then on the flip side of SmackDown, um, Hearing the reports that AJ Styles is going to wrestle Shane breaks my heart. I had, after AJ's year and what he's done to elevate SmackDown, the belt, his rivalry against Cena, AJ's been the MVP of the year in WWE, and to see him wrestle against Shane in my eyes would be a waste. Um, I love Shane McMahon, but I do not view him as a top-tier talent that should be wrestling the likes of AJ Styles at a WrestleMania. So that pisses me off. Um, I'm hearing reports that it's John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Uh, I I love what The Miz has done. I love John Cena. They could build that feud up. That wouldn't be that bad, but once again, it's just meh. I, on, on paper, I don't care for that. I'd rather see something um, better be done. Dean Ambrose... Um, and most likely will feud against Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental, which I am a big fan of Baron right now, which shout out to Baron for working your ass off because in NXT I absolutely hated you, not because of your character, but because I sucked. I thought you sucked as a wrestler, and um, you've proved me wrong. And then um, 
the World Heavyweight title, Wyatt Orton and most likely Luke Harper, I feel like it'd be really cool to see them in a very unorthodox and non-Vince McMahon way put those three guys in the main event of WrestleMania would be really interesting and maybe the birth of something new. Um, I'm really happy for Bray because I'm excited that his reign is um, happening right at this critical time where all eyes are on the company. It's something that they probably should have done a couple years ago, but could be argued that it's best for business right now. And then um, on the SmackDown end, we have uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, which I think Naomi will lose at WrestleMania, even though she's the home dog favorite. Um, to whom, I, I don't know. Um, and then the tag team titles. Um, right now, aside from Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, I feel like the tag team division started off hot in SmackDown and now is getting a little bit weaker. And so I'd like to see um, really a good story start to develop with uh, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable and really develop a rivalry with a with a tag team on the SmackDown roster or a possible new tag team on the SmackDown roster to kind of excite me. So overall, I'm going to state my match predictions for WrestleMania. Then I want to hear yours. I want to know maybe some of the things that you've heard. And you can always tweet us and respond to any of this stuff at any time. And we'd love to chat with you at Two Heels and a Face on Twitter. Um, so I have Wyatt, Orton, and Harper for the WWE. I got Goldberg and Lesnar for the title. I have Kevin Owens and Jericho for nothing. Sami Zayn versus someone for the United States. Um, Enzo and Cass versus the club for the tag. Neville, uh, rematching Jack Gallagher for the cruiserweight. Um, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental. Um, Sasha Banks versus Bailey versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's. Naomi versus I don't know at this point for the SmackDown Women's. And Jason Jordan and Chad Gable versus I don't know at this point for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Um, there will probably be the Maurice, Miz, Cena, and Nikki Bella match, which, yuck, but it's Cena and Miz, so it'll be good, um, and, and more. So if I miss something, oh, Undertaker and Reigns. So if I'm missing things, oh, Triple H and Seth Rollins, my goodness, where's my head? So I'm excited about that, by the way. Thank God Seth wasn't hurt longer than what they say he's going to be out for. Um, other than that, you know, I, I'll touch base back to you with you guys when we get closer towards, um, WrestleMania, maybe me and Charlie will get together and do a pod after Fastlane soon. And, um, overall, you know, I hope you guys just keep listening because we're just a show for the average fan. We want to have you on our show. We want to have other average fans on our show. And we just want to know how you look at the situation going on in wrestling, whether it be an independent promotion you go to often, the WWE, or anything that sparks your interest, wrestling-related. Charlie has a good quote, and he likes to say that wrestling is a buffet, 
because there are so many different things to like on the table of wrestling that not everyone you know watches it and enjoys it the same way so thanks for giving this pod this solo pod a listen um this has been jim from two heels in a face follow us at twitter at two heels in a face um and be sure to um voice your opinion with us so thank you for listening and have a wonderful week